Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Chasing Legends Outdoors Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Crawford, coming at you here in mid-June and doing something a little bit different this month. If you've been listening to the podcast this year, every month we've been doing a monthly to-do list. Um, That's usually our first episode of each month. I know we're in the mid-June now, and we haven't done a June one, um, but that's on purpose, and I'll get into that. January through May, if, you ha- if you're new to the podcast and haven't been listening, go listen to the monthly to-do list. And what I've been doing is giving a to-do list on what you should be doing that specific month to, A, most importantly, prepare yourself for this upcoming whitetail season. It, successful whitetail hunters that are successful year in and year out, they're not just October, November guys. They are doing this. Guys and gals are doing this 365 days a year to fully prepare and prep themselves so they can put themselves in position to kill a good buck every single year. It is a 12-month game. So we've been doing a monthly to-do list to tell you what you should be doing that specific month to prepare yourself for the upcoming season. And also, including that to-do list, after you check off your whitetail to-do list, I've been including things you should be doing. You could be doing that month to go and enjoy the great outdoors outside of, you know, being focused on whitetail hunting, you know, small game hunting, ice fishing in the winter. We could tur- talk quite a bit about turkey hunting. Obviously, now we're getting in the summer months where, yeah, on those nice days, it's always nice to find yourself out in the lake catching a few fish. The other night, I went out with my, uh, my old pup and hammered some bluegills and filled up the freezer with panfish. That's always a good time, especially when you've been out fishing and uh, haven't been catching many fish. Uh, It's always nice to go out and catch a a bucket full of bluegills or perch or whatever panfish you're after and fill the freezer that way. It's always a ton of fun. But back to what we were talking about, we we have the monthly to-do list, and the reason why June... I've kind of pushed it off as June is focused on trail cameras. This is the month where you really start need you really need to start getting your cameras out, especially in specific areas, and let them soak. This is usually the month that everybody's throwing them out. Some people wait till July, not a big deal. But I'm gonna we're gonna go over trail cam strategies this month, and that's kind of all encompassing your June to do list. We've done all our stand prep. A lot of us has done a lot of our food plot prep. I know some food plot prep doesn't happen until August or early September, but depending on the growing season and what kind of soil you have, but hopefully a lot of the spring scouting and tree stand prep and food plot prep is is over. And now we can kind of focus on trail cams and starting to starting to scout via cameras and your binoculars. Before we get into it, have to mention a few other things that will 100% help you be more successful and efficient this upcoming fall. One, HuntWise. If you're new to the podcast and you haven't heard of HuntWise before, we have a promo code for you. It's CLO20, C is in chasing, L is in legends, O is in outdoors, 20, 20% off the HuntWise Pro or Elite membership. This is your one-stop shop as a whitetail guy on your iPhone. 
I'm telling you, it's got the gear, it's got all your scouting and mapping tools, Got has all the waypoints you're going to need to scout. It also has HuntCast 2.0 with put together via Jeff Sturgis from Whitetail Habitat Solutions to tell you this fall when to sit and where you should where where you should be sitting and when you should be sitting this upcoming fall so you become more efficient especially for a lot of us that are very busy in the fall maybe have wife kids can only hunt a couple days a week that Huntcast 2.0 is going to tell you what one or two days that week you should be hunting so download it today become a more efficient hunter tomorrow hunt wise check it out and speaking of becoming a more efficient whitetail hunter, you have to check out The Vitals Live. The Vitals Live is a premium learning platform that facilitates collaboration among the experts to efficiently present the information that is crucial to success and safety in the field. Now, I'm not talking about all the experts that think they're experts. We're talking about the experts in the field. We're talking about Andy May. We're talking about Zach Farinball, Dan Infault, Garrett Prawl. And John Eberhardt. All of these experts in one place to provide the vital strategies and best practices to help you prepare for next season. I know on June 29th coming up, you can become a member and sit in on Zach Farinball from the Hunting Public talk about summer prep. Now, this isn't your normal Zoom call where you're just watching like some guy talk at you. This is collaborative and this is very like back and forth. Audience is very, inter this is very interactive is the word I'm looking for. You can ask Zach Farinball, Dan Infault, these big experts, your questions on your piece of property to help you become more successful. This is access to the experts like we've never seen before, thevitalslive.com. Go on there, become an all access member and learn from the best so you can have the most successful fall you've ever had. The Vitals Live. Check it out. With all that being said, now we're on the trail cameras. June, July, whenever you put them out, it's an extremely exciting time of year. You know, obviously going and checking your SD cards or if, whether you use cell cams or not and getting those pictures coming through, it's like getting Christmas presents for us whitetail guys. And, but I want to talk about this because my trail camera strategy has shifted just in the past couple of years. I used to be the guy that would just throw them on food sources and collect an inventory or, or throw them on main trails that lead to food sources and try to collect as much inventory as possible. I actually wrote an article a couple years ago for an outdoor magazine talking about this, but it's funny how much my trail cams have shifted. Now, this is all relative because you read a lot of trail cam articles or listen to podcasts on how to handle trail cameras, and they never talk about like how many trail cams you own. So it, it really depends on that. So if you have two trail cameras... I don't blame you for putting it out on a food source and collecting an inventory just to see what bucks are in your area. I know there's the September shift and the pictures you get in July you might not get in October, but if they're in that general area, usually they're not going miles and there's a good chance you could see them back on your property come October or come late October um, when those does start coming into heat. But... I'm going to talk like hopefully you own 
four plus trail cameras. I I don't know how many. I think I own ten, but I'm I'm just getting on the cell cam game this year. I got my first couple cell cams. I'm getting to strategically put those in places where I don't want to touch them again. But so it, again, this is all relative on how many trail cameras you own. Take the information you get from this and apply it to your situation. With that being said, I think we can all agree the most prominent trail camera strategy, quote unquote, in today's whitetail world is using them to confirm what you as a knowledgeable deer hunter already suspect about the local whitetails in your area. This is why so many of us put our cameras out over standing cornfields or standing bean fields or on the edges of food plot. In June or July, we know the bucks in the summer are going to feed regularly in those spots, and we want to get pictures of them. And, you know, with that being said, if you have two cameras, like I said before, I don't blame you for doing that. You want to get an inventory. It really is a fun, simple strategy to, be, to collect that inventory. But really, it's when you look at the grand scheme of things and you're trying to target larger, mature bucks or pinpoint their movement, it's not that productive. Unless you have like a unless you're hunting private property and you're the only one that go hunts it and there's probably not and if there's no hunters in your that surround you if it's not very pressured in your area and you know that no one's going to come in and mess with that summer pattern then yeah sure plan plan a strategy around those field edge images for most of us though that's not the case especially in Michigan. There's pressure everywhere. It's very unlikely you have a piece that is unpressured and could shoot a 130-inch buck in the first week of October in a standing bean field. So the problem with scouting that way is that it works with a good summer destination food source, but then those patterns kind of go away just before or maybe like right after the first day of, of bow season. Um and this is where trail cameras can, can hurt us if we're not care, careful because if you just have it sitting over a soybean field and have no idea, don't really have an idea where those bucks are coming from and what time, then your setup can be could be completely wrong when you go in to kill that buck on that field opening day of bow season. So it's easy to hunt on memory, but... A buck that has bailed on his summer food pattern isn't likely to return to it anyway that will allow you to encounter him during shooting hours. More than likely, once he gets a whiff of danger of a hunter in his area, he's not touching that soybean field until the rut unless it's, you know, 2 a.m. So, especially true if you're hunting pressured areas, especially public land. So a better bet with your scouting camp with your trail cameras is to use them to figure out what is going on in the places where you don't really know where what's going on we all know what's going on in those soybean fields and those food plots during the summer months but change up your strategy and put those cameras where you really don't know what's going on so sort of figure out so this will help you figure out those routes to target what your target bucks are taking as they travel to and from food sources. Um, and that's what scouting is really all about, isn't it? I mean, we yes, we can glass a bean field and we can put a camera over a bean field, but 
trying to figure out how those bucks are getting from A to B because they're probably not getting till B until two hours after shooting light. So he's not completely nocturnal, especially early season. He's going to be on his feet in daylight, but where is he on his feet in daylight? And that's what you use to your cameras to figure him out. So try this. Go to your food plot or whatever field that you usually set your cameras out in and go to the go to a spot that looks like has good cover closest to that bedding area. Throw your camera there once. Now, it's not as exciting because you're going to let that soak a month. We'll get into how long we want to let cameras soak, but you let it soak a few weeks and you go back and there might not be 450 pictures on it, but there might be 15. And half of those are telling you something that A, that buck is using that cover to get to that food source, or he's not. You know, it's yes, it's disheartening to walk up to a camera, pull that SD card, or you know, if you're using a cell cam, not seeing any pictures come through for weeks on end. But you know what? This can be just as productive as their as getting a ton of pictures. Of, of good bucks using that cover because this allows you to cross it out. All right, they, there are no target bucks using that cover to get to this food source. And so after four weeks, move it out. And the reason why we I say four weeks, now four, six, give or take a week, it's up to you. But the longer you let it sit, A, you're not disturbing the area as much if you only get in there once a month. B, through four weeks, you're letting a lot of different pressure systems, weather fronts hit that area where you can monitor that area and see what kind of movement there is based on weather conditions. If you only let it sit a week and it's sunny and 80 degrees all week with no switch to the wind, no pressure, no no front system, then you're not really learning a lot. But if you let it sit there for a month, more than likely there's going to be a bunch of different weather systems moving through, and you're going to see, all right, well, you know what? I only have four pictures of that buck this last month, but all four of those pictures or three of those four pictures in that cover were on a northwest wind. So that that's really diving in deep into how, but this is how you kill good bucks, is diving in deep on, how, why are they using this area now? Why is he using that cover to get to that food source on a northwest wind and not a southeast wind? Um, and playing and putting together pieces of that puzzle, it, trust me, sounds like a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. So find that piece of cover that is off that food source, and then let's say four weeks go by and you don't have any of your target bucks using that, great. Cross it off. You don't have to worry about that, especially in early season. Go to another chunk of cover. It might be a couple hundred yards away from that food source, but maybe you're getting a lot of pictures on that food source at 9 o'clock at night. Now that 9 o'clock at night come October is going to turn into 11, 12 at night. So if it's taking that buck that long, if he's hitting that food source that long after dark, and he is on his feet in the last few, uh, let's say, half hour of daylight. Where is he coming from? He's taking his time, but he could be coming from a couple hundred yards away to get to that destination food source. So 
if you're if there's nothing using that cover that's directly off that food source, go to another piece of cover, thicker cover, a primary bedding area, off another food source, stick that camera there, and then let it soak and see what happens. And the reason why I say this works better with like four or five cameras is you can hit like three or four different pieces of cover at the same time and fit and try to figure that out. And I don't mind you using one camera on that destination food source because that could tell you like, hey, I got a picture of this buck at 7 o'clock here and he hit the food source at 10 o'clock. So he's going from this point A to this point B and it's taking him two to three hours. Then you can start putting together pieces of that puzzle to figure out how you're going to kill him come October. So let's say we fast forward to August and you have an idea of what pieces of cover, what staging areas, what bedding areas a couple of your target bucks are using to get to that destination food source. Now I keep mentioning a soybean field just for an example. That destination food source could be a food plot, could be a standing corn field. It could be an oak ridge if you're hunting big woods and there's no food, you know, no ag fields for miles. But either way, find those pieces of cover that are, find that destination food source, find those pieces of cover that are somewhat in its general area and put those cameras there. Once you got that figured out, now you can really start pinpointing how you're going to kill this buck. Because if you're getting him at, let's say you have A, B, C, and D cover that you have four different cameras on, and you have a food, and then you have one more camera on a food source, it's destination food source. All right, it's 10 o'clock here, it's 8 o'clock at cover, that buck went through cover B at 8 o'clock. All right, so now you can use your other cameras to kind of pinpoint how how he's getting from that A to B. And this is where it gets fun because if you do this correctly and figure out how he's getting from A to B, shit, you could, you could fill that tag October 1 or whenever your season starts this year. So now all these extra cameras are being used not for to find like different cover what what covers and what staging areas and bedding areas these deer are using. You find a couple target bucks or one target buck that's using a specific portion of your property, whether that's a, a staging area or a bedding area before he gets to his destination food source or water hole. Now you're putting cameras between that destination food source and where you in the cover that you have pictures of him on to pin down his daily habits so now you only have a one or two cameras in cover and now you have a couple cameras between the cover and that destination food source to figure out what his daily habits are now these are wild animals let's let's not forget that it doesn't have daily habits but you might figure out especially after those cameras set for three or four weeks what kind of conditions and what kind of wind directions and what he's using on different days to get to that destination food source because he's probably hitting that destination food source quite a few times a week. It could be daily, but how's he getting there? So now you utilize your multiple cameras to pinpoint, all right, I know he's here in position B. How's he getting to position C? So putting those cameras on 
a transition line or leeward side of a ridge or maybe just a little valley that he could be using to stay in cover to get to that destination food source. But that's, it's all property dependent. If we're like the reason I say leeward side of a ridge is maybe you're hunting in South Ohio and it's all hill country. So how's he getting to that Oak Ridge? Or you're hunting in Southwest Michigan and he's, how's he using that flatland to get to that, that food plot? So look at your maps, use what you learned in spring scouting and something else that I like to mention that they work all, all, all year long. They might not be actively used all year long, but they're going to go check them out is mock scrapes. So if you have an idea of just a little idea or maybe an itch to that, that buck is using this form of travel to get from a to b put a couple mock scrapes in that area and put your cameras over those because that could that could almost make him use that form of travel you want him to use if you put a couple mock scrapes out um, just so he can check them out and you might get more than one buck checking them out which also will give you an inventory that like not every buck in a specific area is using the same destination food source. So a buck that you might not have a picture of on your destination food source and you don't have a picture of them in any of your cover that you covered with your trail cameras, maybe he's coming from a piece of cover off another piece of property, but because you put a community scrape, a mock scrape in there, now he's using a new form of travel to get to his destination food source or maybe you swayed him to pull him onto your destination food source either way he's coming and checking out that mock scrape so in a nutshell use your trail cameras more productively this summer than just hanging them on a food so all of them surrounding a food source that's telling you what you already know and don't be afraid to put them in spots where you're not going to get any pictures because crossing an area or a piece of cover or a staging area crossing it off is just as productive as finding out that there's multiple bucks using it because you don't have to worry about it especially on big pieces of public or big piece of private that you hunt crossing off in a specific area can really help you narrow down your focus come this upcoming fall what i'm really asking you to do is get out of your comfort zone this this summer it is it trust me i know it is a lot of fun to check your inventory. And I'm not saying don't. You could still have a camera on a destination food source. But if you have multiple cameras to play around with, use them more productively so you can figure out how and when and why those deer are using that destination food source. Because here in Michigan, I am shocked when when bucks are killed in open soybean fields or open food plots after October 1st. I really am. And cuz because it's very rare. So in a in a pressured area, special whether it's public or private, we all know in the Midwest pressure's higher than ever. So especially in early bow season. So how are you going to win that game? against that target buck that is hitting your food source when you're sleeping at 11 o'clock at night. 
And how you're going to win that game is finding out what terrain features he's using to get from his bedding area to his destination food source. And using cameras to tell you how he's doing that, it's a game that you're going to be, become obsessed with if you're successful with it this year. And this is this is why in in February, March, and April, I was so heavy on doing your spring scouting because hopefully through your spring scouting, you know where those bucks bedding areas are. Or you know what terrain features those deer are using to get to that food source. So now you can put those pieces of the puzzle together and utilize your cameras in the most efficient way possible to target that big buck. So if you have four or five cameras, yes, put one on that food source to see what time those deer are getting there. But other than that, like besides like inventory of bucks in your area, that those pictures are just telling you what you already know. So use those cameras to get pictures that tell you what you don't know. Okay, so my spring scouting told me that they're using this bedding area. How are they getting to that food source from that bedding area? What staging areas are they using? Is there a secondary food source that they're briefly hitting before they get to that primary destination food source? Or is there, community, is there a community scrape they're using? Or maybe you did find a community scrape this last spring and say, and it kind of clicks now like, oh, there's the cover, here's the scrape, there's the destination food source. Use those pieces of the puzzle to, to put your cameras out. And I'm telling you, it's just as rewarding to go pick up that camera in an area that isn't doesn't have a ton of deer activity. You might have... 50 pictures over a month but when you find that target buck is utilizing that on a weekly basis to get to that food source whoo talk about the excitement level and the anticipation of bow season just skyrocketing so yes if you have two cameras i don't blame you to put them on that food plot and collect an inventory of those deer but maybe if you have two cameras utilize them on that food source collect what times are hitting those food sources in the month of late june into july and then take those two cameras out and figure out use that that what you know from spring scouting to say okay they're here now how are they getting here now here's a close piece of cover they could be using here's another piece of cover they could be using so you can still use your one or two cameras to be a more productive have a more productive scouting season this summer. But if you have four, five, six plus trail cameras, really try to use them as efficiently as possible. And what I mean by that is don't be afraid to put them in areas that you have to cross off. Don't be afraid to push that bedding area and let those things soak for four to six weeks to figure out, okay, he's here now. When does he leave this area? When's he passing through this terrain feature? When is he hitting this little oak growth before he gets to his primary food source? Put those pieces of the puzzle together, and yes, you might not get 1,500 pictures this summer, but you might get 50 pictures that are going to help you become a heck of a lot more prepared and successful this upcoming fall. And with that all being said, thank you all 
for tuning in and listening to this episode of the Chasing Legends Outdoors podcast. If you already subscribed, I love you for it. Please feel free to write us a review. If you aren't subscribed, hit that subscribe button. We got a lot of good content coming this uh, this summer leading up to this fall, and obviously we always have a ton of good content during the whitetail season. Exciting time of year, boys and girls. Get those cameras out. Stay wild. Hunt hard.